welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today we're talking about how hiring older workers can actually help a business thrive. You might be a business owner who's struggling to beat the skills crunch while you yourself might be considering retirement. You might not even be thinking of hiring older workers, even though you are one yourself. Today, we're going to explore the idea of going into a huge pool of very experienced workers and how that might help you grow your company. Today's guest host is a thought leader in the retirement industry. She has a blog called Managing Midlife, where she discusses entrepreneurship, family, finance, and caregiving for the sandwich generation. That's you and me. She also helps businesses provide content to show people what they know. Once you know what they know, you're more likely to reach out and hire them. For example, this show didn't start out as a content plan because I don't talk about money, investments, or insurance. But the listeners wind up finding out that I sell Medicare insurance, especially now that I'm doing a little ad (laughs) at the beginning of the show. And when they need it, they reach out to me. So Kristen helps businesses form their content plan. She helps them create the content, and that helps you get to know the business. If you listen to the previous episode in this series, you'll remember that retirement is a new idea. The first episode of the series discussed that. The second episode discussed how so many baby boomers aren't even planning on retiring until they are physically unable to work. Then last week's show talked about how maybe we don't ever want to retire. And this week, we're going to discuss why you might want to hire some of the people who don't even want to retire. But before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by, yep, the Medicare Quick Step-by-Step Guide to Signing Up for Medicare. If you're signing up for Medicare for the first time, you probably know how confusing it can be. This step-by-step guide is absolutely free. It'll help you easily make the transition into Medicare, and you can get it for free, absolutely free, today at medicarequick.com slash checklist. And then when you're ready, I'm the founder of Medicare Quick, and I would love to help you with your Medicare decision. Okay, we won't make you wait any longer. Kristen Edens, I am absolutely sure has a lot to say about this topic. Kristen, thanks so much for coming today to the last of this series of four. Thanks again. Well, thank you so much. And I'm kind of disappointed that this is our last show. I've had so much fun and, and just talking about a topic that is so important and it's, it's just great to be a part of it. So thank you. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to make the time. I know that doing four episodes is quite a bit of a time commitment, and I really appreciate it. So I know that you work with content. So this article that was actually written in the UK, and it talks a lot about the UK, but you know, a lot of these things do transfer over talks about how there is a shortage of people with skills and how hiring the older worker might be the answer to your business dreams. (laughs) They didn't say it in those words, but (laughs) 
Absolutely. And it's, it's uh, as they say, it's a win-win for everybody is because here are these older workers, and I think the other term for it is, is experienced workers, because some people don't like the term older, but experienced workers and big employers of any size, really, who are looking to fill positions with people who know how. They can jump into a job and and take off and they've got experience, wisdom, expertise, whatever you want to call it, to really take that that job, that position in that company forward. And as you refer to this article, is it, it's not just a situation in the United States. The UK is experienced and I is experiencing the same uh, uh, skills crunch. And out in Australia, I have uh, people I follow and converse with regularly in Australia and Bulgaria and all across the world struggling with the same thing. And that was a big amazement to me. I thought this was just a U.S. problem with retirement and skills and unemployment, which we talked about last week, but it's worldwide. Wow. And I think a lot of it too is we have people that are willing to work, but not necessarily people that match the skills that the business needs. And part of the problem is, I'll give you an example. So my husband is quite a bit older than me. He's a tech guy. You know, he's a tech guy. He knows technology. But if he were to apply for a job today, I'm sure they would take a look at his age. And even though it's illegal to ask somebody their age in the United States, you can figure it out. What year did you graduate college? Okay, right. so if you graduated college in the 60s or 70s, well, you're no young whippersnapper, to, to use your <laughs> phrase. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yes. And so, yes, I think we used that term last week. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, there is age discrimination out there. I mean, I, I wish it didn't exist, but mm -hmm. I know it does. So the problem is, is that we have people who have skills and people who want to work and they're not getting hired uh, because of some of this age discrimination. You know, I had a, a client who was telling me that she's probably going to retire. She's over 65. She's not she's actually not a client yet. She's over 65. She's working for a law firm and she knows that as soon as her attorney leaves because this attorney is thinking about going to another, another firm, mm. she's going to be out of a job within three or four months because her, she and her coworkers, her colleagues have seen this happen over and over again when an older worker is working for an attorney and that attorney leaves, the law firm doesn't want to keep paying the higher salary because her salary is probably twice or maybe three times as what a young person's salary would be right out of school. But then on the other hand, you are paying for her experience. You know, right. it is not going to take her. She's probably going to get her work done in, in a third the time as it would take a lower paid younger person to do the same work. So what do you think about that? I mean, we're not even talking about tech. We're talking about, you know, someone who works in the legal field. 
Well, what you're describing is called ageism, age discrimination, and it's based on old mindsets. And those old mindsets are based on myths is that that everybody somebody's going to retire. And as soon as that person retires, a younger person's going to come in and build that and, and build it up. But the the misconception is, is the training, the time to train, the time to get them up to speed in any industry. So you have this person that's seasoned and, and okay, yes, we, he or she's been in there and getting so much more money, but that's part of the problem that went from 10 years ago is, oh my gosh, we don't have money. And, and that's when everything sat, shattered, but we, we need these younger people and we got to force them the older people out so these younger people can come in because they're cheaper. We're just coming to ra- around to realize now when I say we, society, right. employers and corporations realizing, hmm, that, that wasn't the best idea because we had this experienced pool of talent. Now we're getting all these younger people who are capable, but they're just not there yet. And so that's where we're starting to reconsider. And that's why ageism is such a big factor right now is because we're, we're trying to get rid of that. I mean, there's always going to be some sort of ism out there. Of course. In 10 years since the economy fell, we're now back to going, oh, that was a dumb idea. Right. And let's, let's start. And, and what you mentioned about your husband is is – Technology is one of those myths that that people, employers, corporations, and so on think that, oh, this older person doesn't know it because they weren't born into it. Well, you know what? They but created they, it. They, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I was, yes, that is so true. When I realized it was Gen Xers and baby boomers back in the 80s and 90s developing all this stuff which encouraged and and inspired our children and grandchildren we're leading the way that's and, right and employers are starting to recognize that and and so they're just they're just realizing oh oh but but here's the thing so back 10 years ago when layoffs and forced retirements and early retirements were highly encouraged now they're realizing that person has such skill and knowledge. We want them back as consultants. Right. So, that happens a lot. Yes. People yes. coming back as consultants. I've seen so many people leave their jobs and then come back as consultants. It's it's just amazing. You know, mm-hmm. I one thing that I, I'm going to bring it back to this article. And by the way, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. It says there's an initiative in the UK that... Every UK employer, and this is a government initiative, um, it's called the Business in the Community Age at Work Leadership Team, and they started this in 2016, and the initiative's aim is that every UK employer should increase the number of workers aged 50 to 69 by 12 percent by the year 2022. I I don't know that the United States has anything like this. I know when I saw this article, my jaw just about dropped because 2022 is three years away up to 69. Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard. And I read a lot about this. I haven't heard about this. So 
I think UK is is leading the pack with this because one skills uh, skills crunch, two talent pool, and they're realizing, ooh, that's the hot age group we want, and. Oh my gosh, this initiative is beautiful. They also talk about not only is it just their skills, but it's also their ability to mentor the younger colleagues. I'm going to read another quote. It says, and they're talking about baby, you know, the older workers. They have often worked for multiple employers in a range of environments and with a variety of management techniques. So they have a valuable sense of perspective and resilience. Mm -hmm. Combining this with the fresh new skills, ambition, and energy that younger colleagues are recruited for is a real recipe for success. Remember we talked about multi-generational workplaces? I think that might have been in episode one or two. It was, it was a while back. But mm -hmm. this is what they're talking about. You bring the generations together, and then you have a synergy that you don't get when you have a single generation workplace. That's right, and it's just so much more productive because you have different different ideas, different energies, and, and different thoughts, but you pull them all together, great things emerge. And people, it looks like the UK is beginning to realize that. Why don't we have something like this? It's, it's, it's just amazing that that is part of a government uh, mm -hmm. initiative. I just thought that that was mm -hmm. interesting. Exactly. I think it's coming around. There is another uh, business, or I think it's a uh, nonprofit business called Respectful Exits. And, and what they are working on is to eliminate the retirement age. And, and what they, their, their tagline is people don't have an expiration date. Oh. And, and so, so they're working to eliminate the retirement age so that those workers, those employees can continue to work without the pressure that they must retire by age 65. And again, this goes back to several times we've mentioned it in our previous episodes. It's all about mindset. It's, it's all about those habits that are instilled from our parents and grandparents' day that we, we just can't seem to let go of or, or, or move towards change. It's this, people don't want to quit working. We've got, we're too vibrant. We have too much to offer. We're not ready to sit back and curl up and die. We want to keep going. Exactly, and I, but you know, one of the things that the article said, they were, interviewing somebody, uh, let's see, called Phil Jones. And he said, basically, that he wants to continue working, but with less stress. So I'm going to quote this again. Sorry about all the quotes, but they say it much better than I can. He right. says, after years in a highly pressured role, sometimes over 50s are looking to maintain a good income in return for doing something they find less stressful or more enjoyable linked to personal purpose. And that we talked about that last week where your work and your purpose don't have to be intermingled. You know, they don't mm -hmm. have to be the same thing. You don't, your work for pay can be different than your purpose. But after a certain age, if you don't need the money to work, or even if you do need some money, but not a hundred percent of your money, for example, if you're receiving social security payments or maybe uh, pension from 
working in the military or, you know, some other kind of income, then you can do something that's less stressful than what you were doing when you were in your 30s and 40s. You know what? And that's another good point. And, and like you're using quotes a lot, I'm, I'm saying that's another good point. <laughs> but, but it is a good point here. But think about those ideal. All right. This is a myth all around is the ideal employment age is what, 25 to 45? And then, right. And then it goes downhill from there. Yeah, yeah, it's like that bell curve, 25 to 45, woohoo, that's the dream. And then once we hit 45, oh gosh, I'm old. But also, what's happening in a typical person's life between 25 and 45? They're going to school, they're building a family, they're working part time, full time, they're balancing this and got getting a lot house. going on. They've got a lot going on. So, up to that point and after that point, we're less stressed. And especially after that point, okay, the children have moved out. We have paid off our house. We have paid off most of our debt, even though debt is a whole nother topic. But 50, 40, late 40s, 50s and beyond, we don't have as much mental pressure and stress as that ideal, dreamy, what everybody wants to hire. And and so as uh, Phil Jones in this article says, is it's nice to kind of be able to relax and have a less stressful outlook on life and employment and, and but still um, productive and still highly productive. So I'm thinking, well, I, maybe I shouldn't say this. This could raise some huge controversy, <laughs> but, but hire more after because all those stresses of just life are not as heavy. And we've also learned how to streamline what we do. So I, Les and I went, was it yesterday or the day before? I think it was the day before. We went to a local um, bar in our community and thought we would have a drink and maybe a salad or something. And I was noticing that the waiter, <laughs> he had no clue how to do more than one thing at a time. So he was very stressed out because he, you know, I was thinking, gosh, if he would just learn to turn around and take an order. So he would deliver food and then run back to the kitchen and then deliver food and then run back to the kitchen. And we were waiting to order. So I waited about 15 minutes before I finally stopped him and said, we're ready, you know. But if he would have carried his and I'm just talking about a waiter. He would have carried his order form in his pocket and a bottle of ketchup in the other pocket. <laughs> he, or maybe some salt, you know, he would have done far less running back and forth. And an older person would have learned that already. Mm-hmm. That, you know, to save some steps and make your job more streamlined, you do it this way. And I think that older people have learned some of these life lessons that -hmm. maybe some of the younger people, and I know that's kind of a weird analogy, but it's fresh in my mind, so I thought I would bring that up. Well, it it comes down to experience, and you've got to get, you've got to go through those, those challenging, I got to run over here, and then run back, (laughs) and then run back. I mean, it it doesn't matter where we are in life, we're going to experience that, just as a part of the process. 
Now, eventually, that waiter is going to have, we all need those training times is what it comes He's down gonna to. He's going to learn. He's going to learn. How to make his job more streamlined mm-hmm. and easier. And I think the older you get, the more life lessons you've learned. You know, just that simple thing. I'm not even talking about, you know, technology skills or, you know, skills in uh, laying bricks or whatever. You know, I'm, it's, it's hard for me to come up with different jobs. But Well, that's why there were apprentices. Exactly. Back. I mean, you, you go back to way, way, way long ago, there were uh, uh, blacksmith apprentices and uh, wheel builder apprentices and candle maker apprentices. I mean, who was the teacher and who was the apprentice? It's, uh, we're coming back to that now. And that's a good way to learn, too. You're learning. It's a mentorship. Right, right. A mentorship. And that's why. And and then I know I sent you another article about um, how these these senior employee employee hubs are are starting to pop up where they have the seasoned or experienced workers who are ready to go out and help younger folk or, or uh, startups and entrepreneurs. So it's it, we're coming back to that mentorship and, and corporations and, and companies are starting to bring back these older employees so for the mentorship. I love it. I mm-hmm. love it. These are some of the things that you talk about, right, in your blog and in your um, business? Well, yes, I talk about that as well. Also, I talk about how those older employees can balance all of it. How can you, again, you mentioned the sandwich generation. How can we build a business or or find those side hustles and balance family and 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 pers- and being ourselves? And and it's just a fascinating time to be us because we now have so much more freedom than our parents and our grandparents did. And so that's what I write about in my blog. I love it. So how can people reach out to you? Best place would be on my website at kristenedens.com. Thank you so much. So, so much for coming on. And maybe we'll have you on, uh, you know, again in the future. But this four-part series has been just lovely. I really enjoy our conversations. Me too. Great, great subjects. Thank you. Now, for the listener, before I say goodbye, I have a favor to ask. And that is... I would like to spread the word more about this show. Now, we've already had over 100,000 downloads at this moment, but I really want us, baby boomers, to get more information about retirement lifestyle. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of information out there right now about money, but that's not it. That's not all that life's about. So, if you are listening to this and if, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, won't you please give me a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. However you're listening to this show, giving a review really helps move us up in the hierarchy of podcasts, especially if you're on iTunes, because only about half of my listeners are iTunes listeners, which is unusual for a podcast. And so if you are an iTunes listener, I would really, really love it if you would give me a review. Take a screenshot of your review and then email me 
and I would be more than happy to personally thank you for giving me that review. So thanks so much to the listener, and thanks again to Kristen, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show, and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show, and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to, normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. 
five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.